When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. It is the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. It is Holden with Feeson, and it's been a pretty good weekend. At least betting the Broncos, we went two and zero. We hit them minus two and a half. We hit them on the money line, and officially up one point five four units. I'll be tracking the plays this year. Two and zero after one preseason week, plus one point five four units, and we'll go right through uh, the playoffs. Hopefully with uh, tracking our bets here in the Broncos. So a really nice start there. We're going to talk about those bets that we made and a trend that kind of started up last week. It really, the preseason was flipped around from unders to overs. Want to discuss that in just a moment. Thoughts on individual Broncos players and positional units. We've got my buddy Ryan Edwards from KOA. Does a great show with Benjamin Albright over there. Uh, Broncos player props have dropped. We'll talk about Cortland Sutton. And then my AFC West report's got to be the Chiefs and a little bit of Nuggets later on today as well. But let's get into our Broncos bet recap. Week two lines, minus two and a half, and the money line. We hit them, and we won them. So that was very nice. Cash those two bets. Game went way under 31 and a half. This is not a play that I gave out on the show. It was a play that when it was 33 and a half, I said, we got to get in on it. Missed the number. Ended up betting this live. Uh, and it went way over, oh, way under, way under 24 points. I think I even got it at 30 and a half uh, after I saw the first couple of offensive possessions. That was just going to be disgusting. So technically 3-0, but 2-0 for show purposes. Um, and guess what? This was just one of three preseason games to go under. So you remember last year 
We had a deluge of unders in the preseason, and we saw these extremely low totals in week one. We saw them at 33 and a half, 32 and a half, a lot of 31 and a halfs out there, right? So last year, hey, we, we got all these unders through the whole playoffs, and maybe we should have known then that most of these games are going to go to the over. But again, you know, this Denver-Dallas game with none of the starters really playing, none of the big starters playing, it was just a play to the under. I wanted to see if either team could move the ball early, and it just didn't happen. Now, overs 14-3 and three in the preseason between the Hall of Fame game and Week 1. I mean, that's ridiculous. Overs have hit by more than 7 points. 12 of 14 games were decided by 7 or more points. Over by double digits, 8 of 14. So you're going to see these Week 2 totals completely jump. Okay, you're not going to see a Broncos total at 33 and a half or 31 and a half coming up in week number two. It's just not going to happen. You're going to see significant jumps because the sports books are going to adjust. Now, the question as the week goes on, do we want to go back to hitting the unders since the number is rising? Or do we want to go to the over because that's the way things are trending this preseason? My initial thought would be to go to the unders now as the sports books adjust one way but i won't have a final answer for you until later uh, this week and we'll get you a broncos bet too and that'll be a lot of fun we'll get these uh, preseason lines up here just a couple of lines set right now and um, we're seeing upper 30s on those so week two total is going to take a jump the average closing total was 34.9 last week i would expect this week to be in the upper 30s maybe 38 and a half maybe 39 uh, books have just bumped up the two games on the board about five points. So if you bet the overs, you start at 8-0, and you finish the weekend at 14-3. First eight went over, and then you went 5-3 uh, after that with the overs. And one of those couple of games, three games to go to the under, our Broncos-Cowboys game. That was number one on the front range for the four biggest sports stories on the front range. Now... Let's get into number two, and that would be thoughts on the Broncos players and positional units, and then I'll get into Cortland Sutton and some of his betting props. Okay, number one guy that really stood out to me. Um, how about Baron Browning? 12-yard sack uh, in the Cowboys two-minute drill. He had a second-quarter pass deflection, okay, on third down. He had a tackle for loss, and Nathaniel Hackett after the game said, I think you guys saw it. He's got great bend. He came out and he played free. Let's see Baron Browning, man. Let's see more of this dude throughout the preseason. We're expecting him to take a nice big jump now, aren't we? You know, you get him out there. He's, you, you, you throw him out there on the edge. He said he unleashed his inner, his inner Von Miller during this game. I love it, man. Get there. Get there. You know, now he's saying he didn't feel like he was thinking. He was just playing. He's got a year under his belt now, right? I'm a Baron Browning guy. You know, let's see this guy go out there. He is accelerating. He's got some moves. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. And uh, let's see him a little on special teams, too. Let's see what happens. So we got Buffalo coming up next on Saturday. And I just wonder what they're going to do on the inside now with Jonas Griffith down. Does, does Browning go back into the middle? I, I don't think so. 
And I'll, I'll talk to Ryan Edwards about that. I don't think you do that at this point. But, man, Browning looked great. Debut outside. He finished last year inside. We'll see him go outside again. Uh, the next guy, Nick Benito. And I really – I watched a lot of him, and I went back and watched a lot of him. And the number one pick for the Broncos, second rounder, of course. Um, to me, he's nothing more than a situational pass rusher. Right now, he's never been asked to stop the run like they do in the NFL. And he came out and he said that. He's like, we had a different system stopping the run in Oklahoma, and I got I to gotta learn this. And I liked his spins and his swims and, his, and, and everything that he did. And his dips. But Nick Benito is a one-dimensional player right now. So let's see if you, know, you can get him in there situationally rushing the quarterback. Inside linebackers at a bad place, though. You know, we talked about the lack of depth, and it's already rearing its ugly head. So you got a wide receiver. Now you got an inside linebacker. They went after Barr, didn't get him. And now Griffith has a dislocated elbow that they're saying is a four- to six-week injury. So he's going to miss at least week one and maybe the first three weeks of the season. Now, guys who need to step up in Jonas Griffith's absence, let's go with Alex Singleton and Justin Sternett. Sternett really struggled against the run last year, but he did lead the team with four tackles on Saturday I'm interested in seeing more of him as the preseason goes on. Can he stop the run? Uh, and if he can, uh, maybe he earns some massive playing time here. So that's somebody else. So we've gotten to the defensive side of the ball with Browning and Benito and Jonas Griffith and his backups. Let's talk a little offense now. Uh, Seth Williams is a guy that I'm backing. Love the dude. Big guy. Red zone target. 6'3", 211. Kind of that tim patrick body there uh but williams especially brandon johnson kendall hit and they all stood out uh, he had virgil too looking pretty good but you had seth williams we'll start my guy first he slid down for a 19 yard catch from josh johnson i mean he looked really good in the first quarter on that one i love that catch kind of showed me hmm this guy could do it uh and then of course he scores the touchdown the big body there you've got uh, kendall hitton Three passes, 50, uh, three catches, 53 yards in that 24-yard touchdown catch in the corner of the end zone. And, and I probably saved this for too late, but let's not overreact to too much that we saw in the preseason, with the exception of the injury to Jonas Griffith, all right? There have been preseason superstars, and you can go back in your mind, I'm sure, that there have been plenty of preseason superstars that you were excited about, and then it got to the regular season, and it just wasn't the same thing. But... Seth Williams got some playing time. Kendall Hinton, as long as he's not a quarterback, he looked good. I mean, he's he's likely going to make this team as the fifth wide receiver. They're going to need six. They're going to need six. All right. Um, Jalen Virgil, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold on to, uh, to Brandon Johnson here for just a second. But Jalen Virgil, you know, in camp, he was making big catches downfield. And... That third quarter drive, they started inside the one, right? And Rippon, 42 yards out of the end zone. That was a great throw. You know, Rippon looks up and down. He's just very inconsistent. It's why he's not going to be a starting quarterback in this league. But, boy, 42 yards from your own end zone to Virgil? I mean, and he got clocked. Virgil got completely clocked on that play. 83 yards, led the team in receiving on three receptions. So we'll see what the connection is between him and 
and uh, Russell Wilson, but he's got to be in the mix. And then there's Brandon Johnson, who everybody's buzzing about today, right? Third and eight, first quarter, double move, 40-yard catch down the left sideline. And it would have been a defensive pass interference if he didn't make the catch. I mean, that was a remarkable grab with a dude all over him to hold on to that. Six foot two, love the size there. Johnson had four catches. He was tied for the team high with Seth Williams there, uh, 64 yards. Who else over on the receiving side? You know, Montreal Washington, again, I just love wide receivers. Love this pick here. Uh, love that they got a returner, right? Special teams needs to be better. I thought the special teams this game was was better. Um, but Washington, boy, 27-yard punt return, 18-yard punt return, two catches for eight yards. So I think he will be used. You know, he will be used. Maybe going over the middle a little bit. And that's not something that Russell Wilson has succeeded at. Maybe some screens, slants, get the ball quick to him. Let me see what his legs can do after the catch. Uh, the one thing, and I think I've gone down, you know, the, the defense pretty well, the offense, more wide receiver stuff than anything, but boy, that run game stunk <laughs> and Hackett even said it. It just, you know, they got to be better. They had 39 yards on 22 rushes. So that would be what about a one, almost 1.9 yard average, 1.8, 1.9 yards. Their longest rush was six yards. So you had Mike Boone. Max Borgie in Montreal, Washington, eight carries, five yards. Okay. Boone, listen, Boone's not going to be on the chopping block, right? But he's got to be better than what we saw. And this actually kind of leads into the conversation of a concern of the offensive line backups. So you didn't have much of the offensive. What did they have? One starter on the offensive line uh, that played. If there were two, I didn't catch it with my eyes then. But they got to be better. I mean, that was just very, very sloppy. And it'd be nice if the running backs could make some moves too. You know, Mike Boone could have a massive role in this offense, folks. And I was a fan of him in Minnesota where he was the third stringer. And I thought he should have had a little bit more work there. But you got Dalvin Cook and, and Alexander Madison ahead of you. That's not going to happen. Just like here, you got Williams and Gordon ahead of him. But one of those two guys gets down. Mike Boone's going to be the feature back or the number two back in, whew, Need, need a better night out of him. It's one preseason game, and you just wonder how much was on the offense, uh, the offensive line, and not actually Mike Boone. So ultimately, they got the win. They helped us cover. That's an A+. Uh, did see some players that stood out, mostly the really young guys, and the, those are the guys that play. And the injury, not good to Jonas Griffith. Okay. Woo. <clears throat> I love talking that. Number two on the front range four, that was it. Number three on the front range four is a quick discussion about Cortland Sutton. So bet rivers, as I told you last week, I, I talked about these bets here. You get 61 on Russell Wilson, winning MVP and the Broncos winning the super bowl, super, super long shot. Um, there's the Cortland Sutton prop. You combine that um, with a couple other props. I think it was Javante and Cortland Sutton, but let's go look at the individual receiving props for Cortland Sutton. Minus 112 on touchdowns at five and a half and 925 and a half receiving yards. Again, very few times will I bet a player future, but Cortland Sutton is one that should go. Th th this number should be beaten pretty, pretty handily. Now, 
it's predicated on Sutton probably playing 15 to 16 games. He cannot miss time. He's already been banged up a little bit in camp. So that's something that might keep you off. But this is Wilson's unquestioned number one option in the passing game. This camp, I mean, it's anytime he's in trouble, he dumps it or throws it to Cortland Sutton. So back in 2019, let's look at the last time Sutton really had a, a year, right? 2019 that he was hurt, then he had last year. 2019, 72 catches, 1,112 yards, six touchdowns with bad quarterback play. Now you get Russell Wilson in there. Here's, my, here's one concern, and I don't know if this trend carries over. Wilson averaged only 6.3 yards, 6.63 yards per attempt when he targeted DK Metcalf last season. And I'm not saying that Wilson's going to be throwing to Sutton and Sutton's playing the Metcalf role or the Lockett role. I just think he's going to be the number one and maybe the unquestioned number one. But 6.3 yards per attempt, that's not going to get the job done. And to me, Hackett's going to let Russell ball out a little bit more. He does not want Russell Wilson running around. That is something that they have worked on extreme amount of time here. And Hackett and these cancel just go late, late. You're late. I mean, you got to get your butt going here, Russell Wilson. No more running around, you know, trying to make these plays with your legs and then throwing it deep and then throwing it into traffic. Be a little bit more judicious. But that also might lead to a little more yards per attempt. Yes, he goes deep when he's running around or he tucks and he gets sacked more often than not. But I think Halkett is going to allow Wilson to air it out more in Denver. And that's going to be more yards for Cortland Sutton. So my own numbers here, I do have Sutton eclipsing 1,000 yards. I told you if it was anything below 950, you just, you just hit it. So over 925 and a half. It's not a no-brainer because of injury. But Cortland Sutton over 925 and a half is a completely attainable number. The five and a half touchdowns I'm not touching. You know, you would think, all right, he's going he's gonna to get six touchdowns. He's the number one receiver. But touchdowns just vacillate way too much from year to year at wide receiver. So the official play here, and I guess I'm going to have to break my own rules because I'm going to bet it. Cortland Sutton, over 925 and a half. Boom, let's do it. I like that bet, right? Feels kind of good to do something I normally don't do. By the way, the juice here is minus 112 on both sides, if you're interesting, interested in tailing that play. All right, let's get to number four on the front range four. That will be the Nuggets. Nuggets, Suns, Christmas. What are you talking Nuggets for, man? It's, we're sitting here in August. Well, it's kind of cool because the Nuggets take on the Suns on Christmas. Now, this will probably be a night game because you got the Bucs Celtics, Sixers, Knicks. Um... But maybe the Lakers Mavericks is the one that they put kind of in that eight o'clock window on the East Coast of the six o'clock here. Then we can get the Suns and the Nuggets before that, actually at a time where a lot of people are still awake uh, and still sipping on their eggnog. Love it. This will be the third game on Christmas for Nikola Jokic looking to win his first. Hope it happens. Suns Nuggets. One other note when it comes to the Nuggets, though. Jamal Murray talked with Fox Sports Australia? I don't know where this came up. Joel Rush, our buddy from Forbes, found this interview here. And here's what Murray had to say about the playoffs last year. He says he was working towards a return. But quote, unquote, now that I'm here, now thinking how far I've come since then, it's night and day 
I wouldn't have been the player in the playoffs I am now or be able to move and play the way I want to play. Well, again, it goes back. Was Jamal Murray going to be a better option than anybody that played behind him? I still think at 75, 80% Jamal Murray was going to be somebody that we needed to see in the playoffs. He didn't feel comfortable. The organization was obviously bothered a little bit by this, but things happen. Um, and I would have liked to see him come back. I think the team would have liked to see him come back because Jamal Murray, let's just say it was 80%, and now he's at 100. 80% Jamal Murray better than any other guard on this team. It's just the way it is. You, you got to have that guy out there. So disappointing that he didn't play in the playoffs, but he backed it up saying, listen, I wasn't the same player, didn't feel comfortable, and that was the, that was the end of that. All right. Uh, you know what? We're going to make it a front-range five today. We're going to make it. I'm not going to make you stick around after the uh, Ryan Edwards interview, which I cannot wait to get to. Uh, he's going to give us his thoughts, really deep thoughts with Jack Handy. Deep thoughts on the Broncos' offense here and defense and the injuries in week one of the preseason. But let's give you an AFC West report, the Kansas City Chiefs, okay? Uh, Kansas City faces the Broncos. I mean, the Broncos don't see them till week 14. Chiefs-Broncos weeks 14 and 17. Remember, there's 18 weeks. You get the bye week, 17 games. <clears throat> KC, plus 170 to win the AFC West. They are the favorites. Seven of their first eight games are against 2021 playoff teams. The only non-playoff team that they faced in the first eight weeks from last year was the Colts, who many are picking to win the AFC South. I am down with the Colts right now. Defensively, uh, Matt Ryan, while he's an older guy, he doesn't have a noodle arm. Still one of the more accurate passers down the field. He was second, according to PFF, in downfield throw accuracy. But everyone's high in the Chiefs right now. Are they? Not so sure. I'm not so sure that the, the fans and the betters are on the Chiefs right now. <clears throat> what I will say, though, is that Peter King and Albert Breer are high on the Chiefs now. Let me back this up beforehand, because Breer had a big uh, column on the Chiefs and Peter King visited camp. At this point, every team is amazing. Every team has a chance to do something. You know, it's training camp. Not a lot of warts that these guys are going to point out. They're going to look at the great stuff, and then they'll mention, all right, there's some issues here and there. But <clears throat> with the third highest odds... To win the Super Bowl at 10 to 1, with the quarterback of Pat Mahomes, who's 9 to 1 to win the MVP on Bet Rivers. Uh, he's tied, by the way, with Tom Brady, only trailing Josh Allen at 7 to 1. This team is still going to be in the mix to win the Super Bowl. Okay? They're not missing the playoffs, not my estimation. Albert Breer, he loves Mahomes to take a step up, and he loves Juju a lot, too. <clears throat> He thinks the cornerback situation's not good. I think we all know that, right? And Breer says Mahomes admitted to him that he got jittery in the pocket last season because teams were taking away the deep ball and Mahomes had to be more patient. But guess what? Mahomes figured it out. Last five games of the regular season, the two playoff games, 20 touchdowns, two interceptions. He was really bad during that seven or eight game stretch in the middle of the season. He was awful, but he bounced back big time. And now he doesn't have Tyreek Hill. This team's going to adjust. This team's going to adjust no matter what. Kelsey's still there. 
Is it the rookie Sky Moore? Is it Juju Smith-Schuster? Is it, you know, there's a lot of different options there who have not proven themselves over the long term. But let's get into what Peter King had to say. He goes, I noticed one thing in the 27 plays I'd be able to sprint chart. The, this is King in his column. The post-Tyreek Hill offense was utterly unpredictable. I think this team is energized by the outside impression of they're screwed without Tyreek. The camp visit left me feeling very much like when I left Green Bay and just figured Aaron Rodgers will figure it out without Devontae Adams. I'm slightly less concerned about Kansas City, but my gut feeling is Andy Reid and Mahomes will figure it out without Hill. My gut feeling is that too, but they got issues defensively, man. But this offense, as, as Peter King said, they've got the juice that Andy Reid wants. Well, Nicole Hardman, who's never really lived up to the potential, but he can, he can make some catches. Um, and they're going to give him a lot of the plays that Tyreek had. We'll see. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, to me, one-trick pony, has a hard time staying healthy, but he can run go routes. Smith-Schuster can line up outside, but maybe a lot more in the slot. And then there's Sky Moore, this rookie they drafted. This kid has really put on a show at camp. Isaiah Pacheco, running back, one-on-one -on -one drills. He just catches everything. He's good in pass pro. He's got burst. You know, this could be, this could be the running back that we see. Not Clyde Edwards-Alaire. <clears throat> Not as much Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Pacheco is a name to remember. Sky Moore is a name to remember. But they have massive issues at cornerback. And I just wonder if it's going to be a lot more shootouts again with Kansas City. And as a matter of fact, I think it's going to be a lot more shootouts for Kansas City. All right, let's come back. Ryan Edwards. KOA. Broncos tonight. A uh, big fan of this guy. He'll join me. We'll recap preseason game number one. We'll look forward as well is the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Get ready to kick off fall and football season with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Join Bet Rivers on Wednesday, August 17th for the win total Wednesday. Ooh. This Wednesday, players who place a wager on any NFL or NCAA football team season win total get a $10 Bet Rivers bet. Head to BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app all season long for the latest odds and unique promotions. BetRivers is your go-to sports book this fall, and it's a whole new game. You must be 21, must be located in Colorado, and if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. And welcome back to the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. We've got Ryan Edwards, host of Broncos Country tonight, joining us. Him and Ben have just been killing it right now over there on KOA. How are you, my friend? How are you feeling after week one of the preseason? All right? <laughs> I'm doing good, Holden. Thanks. So, yeah, it was, a, it was a good preseason game. I think you saw some really promising things there from the Broncos. And it was a good training camp overall. You know, it was one of those things that... You just the, the energy around the building, I know people kept saying that over and over again, but you really felt it. And the players were encouraged to talk to us for the interviews. They, they were excited about this season. So, yeah, we're, we're all doing great. Good. So I want, before we get into today and yesterday and going forward, I'm putting you on the spot. Preseason Hall of Famers. You've been watching this team since you, you were a fetus, I'm sure. Give me some preseason Hall of Famers because everybody needs to be set and check for thinking that some of these guys that had good games are going to be massive contributors during the season. 
Can you think of a couple off the top of your head? I mean, the all-timer is, is Xavier Oman. And again, uh -huh. you can forgive anybody if they don't remember Xavier Oman. But, I mean, we, we had, you know, he was out there in camp. He was destroying every single preseason game. People were thinking he's, you know, the next Arian Foster out there. And, yeah, that, that didn't that didn't work so well. I mean, we've seen other guys. You know, Cody Latimer's had some flashes in training camp and some preseason games, right? And he was a second-round pick for the Broncos. Uh, but as soon as Peyton Manning got here, just did not did get on the same page. But he looked good with almost everybody else. Uh, so, you know, it's usually usually wide receivers. Uh, Sunshine, uh, Jordan Taylor was another one. Oh, yeah. Jordan Taylor's a good one that comes up all the time where you just think about guys that like, oh, man, if this guy gets an opportunity, then, you know. But, again, you, you saw a little bit of that in the first preseason game, right? You had three or four wide receivers all with flash moments. And you know that all three or four, maybe not even all four of them, will really do anything in the regular season. We'll see. No, but that's the, the wide receiver position is the one that stood out, didn't it? Now, obviously, the injury uh, on the defensive side. But let's get into these wide receivers here. Seth Williams is a guy that I'm a fan of. He had a nice little 19-yard catch. It looks like Johnson's the guy that everybody's excited about. Of the young guys, uh, Virgil, Johnson, Williams, which one has the best shot of making an immediate impact in 2022? Yeah, it's, it's a great question because, I mean, at this point, it's, it's about role, right, and about how many snaps they're actually going to get on offense because any one of those guys has to be proficient at special teams. That's how they're going to even make the active – well, first of all, the 53, and then active game day roster. If you're not a good special teams player, you can forget about it. But uh, Johnson's been the guy that's gotten the most run with the once. So if we're talking about guys that we've seen out there on the field consistently playing with Russell Wilson, it's been Brandon Johnson. So I, I would lean towards him at least right now. And you saw with his usage, I think he led the team in targets as well in the first preseason game. Then again, you have two different quarterbacks and, you know, game script, all those kinds of things. But, you know, Brandon Johnson looked good out there. Seth Williams was a really solid contested catch guy out of Auburn. That was a rookie last year. Didn't get a chance to, to play very much, but... The Broncos do like him a lot, and I think that he's had some nice moments in practice, just inconsistency. The ball has hit the ground. He has had some drops. So, um, you know, when you talk about Seth Williams, it's kind of one of those, like, okay, has he done enough to basically be ahead of any of these guys? And it's all kind of in the mix. And then Jalen Virgil, boy, I tell you what, man, and he's got some returnability too. We, we interviewed him out of Appalachian State uh, right after he was uh, brought in for the Broncos as an undrafted free agent. A super, super smart guy, really, really athletic player. Uh, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he somehow made it, but uh, again, it would probably be because they love his ability on special teams as both a gunner and a returner. Yeah. So that that's one position. The second position, I guess, would be running back, okay? Is Mike Boone just 100% locked into this thing? I don't think it was his fault that, you know, he's getting hit behind the line of scrimmage, and I think it was 1.5 yards they got before contact, but is his position solidified on this team it's pretty strong again because he plays special teams and that one of the reasons they brought him in here is to be one of their captains one of their core players if you will on special teams so again you know it's going to be Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon it's going to be their show he's going to be brought in sparingly as part maybe anything on the season maybe like five percent of the touches as long as there's no injuries but understanding that again special teams nobody really none of the running backs really did well um, and, and that's something that Nathaniel Hackett pointed out in the post game said hey for all the things we did right we just could not run the ball and that's just not good enough and so that's something they got to get working on right away uh, the offensive line was, was just getting pushed around there by the defensive line for Dallas and that that's surprising because when we saw them 
uh, during the scrimmage on Thursday, it was the other way around. Uh, the Broncos could do whatever they wanted. But, again, when you're going ones versus ones, which is what a lot of the practice was, um, it's Javante Williams running the ball, right? And Javante Williams is is a different running back than anybody else they have on the roster. So uh, I'd say that it's, it's going to be fine. I just wouldn't I'm, – I'm trying not to read into it too much. Now, we get to a second preseason game and they can't run the ball. Okay, then I'm a little worried. How did the uh, special teams perform besides for Montrell, who had a couple of nice returns, 18, 27 yards? This has obviously been an issue for a while now with this team. You're starting to see a little bit of stuff turning around here on special teams? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, Montrell, that, that's the, the highlight, right? I mean, he had, what, an 18-yard return and a 27-yard return, if I remember correctly. And he looked good. And and honestly, they haven't had somebody dynamic back there for, for a while. It's not that they haven't had sure-handed players. I like Deontay Spencer. I always hoped it would work out. He had, he had good hands. But he just, you know, he got one return touchdown in his entire time here. And that's just that's just not going to be enough. Um, the Broncos need to be better at that. They need to be better at field position. You know, they were um, one of the worst, if not the worst, in several categories uh, across the board in special teams, including um, giving up almost 40 yards on average on kickoff returns last year, which is dead last in the NFL. And so they, they were like playing from behind and field positioned basically every single game. Uh, they got to get better in, in really all phases of that. But I, I thought, I thought for a preseason game, when you're looking at down roster guys, second, third teamers, I thought they did pretty good. Okay. So we move on to the defensive side. We just got a couple pieces of news here. So first of all, Randy Gregory's coming off pup. Yep. So we'll get your thoughts on that. And then they just signed Schobert, right? Joe Schobert from, um, they picked him up. He was with the Browns and the Jaguars from what I remember. Obviously, and the major Steelers. issues now with Griffith going down. And the Steelers, right? Yep. So talk to me here. Um, I guess we start with Gregory, the impact, the expectations. And what the hell are they going to do at, at middle linebacker here, inside linebacker? And they wouldn't consider putting Browning back there after what we saw, right? I don't think so. No, I, I, I think they're, they're pretty they're pretty set. And again, if they have maybe one more injury, we don't know, right? I mean, I think right now they saw enough out of Justice Turnod that they feel, okay, well, we, we could get by if we need to. Again, Josie Jewell didn't even play in that game, and he's the starter. So, And Jonas Griffith is the starter next to him. So it, it, it's a big hit. I'm not going to deny it. And, I, and I'd say Jonas Griffith, for me, was I, – I considered him – Inside linebacker one, I thought he was going to be, by the end of the season, the guy we were talking about with the, the most promise there. But Josie Jewell, make no mistake, when they are when they start out there in base, nickel, base, whatever, um, it's Josie Jewell out there on the field and you know, Jonas Griffith. So now it's going to be Alex Singleton sliding in next to Josie Jewell uh, as far as your two inside linebackers. And then Justin Cernod and now Joe Schobert. And we'll see what Joe Schobert's role is. I mean, I guess I see what he's got left. I, I thought he still looked... Like he could play. Um, I know the Steelers moved on from him after one year. He was traded there from Jacksonville uh, after signing a mega deal, but Jacksonville moved on from him pretty quick. So I, I know that there's going to be some questions about what he still got left. Um, as I understand, I saw Vic Lombardi tweet out that uh, he had bought a house out here in Sedalia and was was living here in Colorado, turning down offers from other teams just so he could stay here and hope the call would come at some point. So uh, Joe had basically decided either retirement or the Broncos, which is interesting, kind of fun. Uh, as far as Randy Gregory, I, I mean, we're all excited. That's the signature signing of the offseason, besides, of course, Russell Wilson, the trade. Uh, it's the signature signing of the offseason for George Payton. And, and it's one of the biggest risks he's taken so far. I, I understand trading Von Miller was a pretty big risk, but, you know, again, got a first and second rounder. I didn't think anybody – I was on with you when that news came down. 
and none, yes. nobody thought he was going to get a first and second rounder. So the the or sorry, second and third rounder. Apologies, he traded the first uh, two first and the second. But I mean, yeah, getting a second and third. I never thought he'd get that much. So to get that uh, in return for Von Miller was was even surprised me. But uh, Randy Gregory, yeah, I mean, you know, it's a big contract. Uh, the expectations are really high. If he performs well, then they could potentially look on moving on for Bradley Chubb as soon as next season. Uh, or they could see something with the two combination of those two. Maybe they consider keeping them both. But uh, Randy Gregory, yeah, th- this one, a uh, lot of anticipation. It was great to see he's coming off the pub today. So, Ryan, you know, this is a betting show, and I try handicapping. We got 925 and a half yards for um, Cortland Sutton. We got five and a half touchdowns for Cortland Sutton. You really need to set the expectations for Russell Wilson first. So, You've talked about him ad nauseum, and I'm going to ask you to talk about him ad nauseum again. Uh, what are we going to see differently? Because it was, what, about 6.6 yards per attempt last year with the Seahawks. That's got to improve, right? Like, Hackett's going to let him throw a little bit deeper than that more often. Yeah, he is. It's it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch the balance of that, too, because over the course of his career, it's, it's much higher. He's, he's in the eight-point-whatever category, mm-hmm. right? Um, but... Yeah, he, he's going to be more than that. But uh, understanding, and I was reading Peter King this morning, and they were talking a little bit about how um, Nathaniel Hackett's really had to work on him trying to get the ball out faster. He doesn't want to take in as many hits as he did in Seattle. Um, he understands stuff's going to break down. He's going to use the improv, improvisational skills that he's so known for. It's part of his game. You, you're not going to coach him completely out of those things. But I think Nathaniel Hackett and, and what he's tasked to do is to not have him sit back there in the pocket and, and surveying the field for as long as he was with Seattle. I think they want him to get the ball a little faster. So um, the answer to your question is yes, though I wouldn't be surprised if early on in the season it's a little bit lower than his career average. Mm, okay, so ease him in a little bit. I got one more thing to talk to you about the preseason game. It was Nick Benito, obviously the number one pick for them in the second round. Um, it, it, he said when he was at Oklahoma it was a different way that they handled the run, and I think it showed in a preseason game. Do we just expect him to be a situational pass rusher at this point? Yes. Yeah, and that, that's okay. That's my expectation. And I don't think that's a bad thing. You know, Ben and I go back and forth on this all the time because he's like, no, you draft him in the second round to be your starting edge. Not necessarily this year, but soon. And he's got to be good against the run. And you know, we, we see the NFL, it, it's become so fragmented and specialized, right? I mean, you don't need to be – the be-all, end-all at, at, at every position. You can bring in guys that are very, very good at one or two skill sets, and that's good enough. And by the way, he's a good, he's good, pretty decent coverage. If you really needed him to be in coverage, something that we've seen other other defensive coordinators, we of course, Vic Fangio, putting Von Miller in coverage against the Steelers wasn't a great idea. But, but generally speaking, uh, an edge rusher in coverage isn't a good idea, but he actually is pretty good at it. So um, it, for me... Yeah, I like the situational stuff. Yeah, he didn't look good against the run, but I don't have the expectation that he's going to be good against the run, at least not early on. Uh, and by the way, on Cortland Sutton, take the over on both of those. Uh, one player that you are looking forward to digging in and watching even more in week number two. What do we got? The Bills next? Yep. Is that next week? Yeah. Who's the one guy you're looking forward to watching, digging into next week? Mm, that's a great question. Let's see here. Well, well I, mean, I mean, you can use it for a segment. It'll kill yeah, 15 minutes Absolutely, you, you right. Know? Yeah, you're <laughs> producing my show. Thank you, Holden. Uh, producing no my problem, show. Buddy. Yeah, let me, let me think about that. Well, I mean, of course, you want to see the receivers build off of their their success. I think the one thing, okay. and, and you touched on it at the beginning, I want to see the running game do something. 
And, and I and I do want to sort of clarify a little bit. I'm not going to freak out if it's the second team, third team offensive linemen, second team, third team running back struggling, right? It's, it's nothing to freak out because you don't see the starters out there. When the starters are struggling, that's a different thing. But but I I want to see I want to see them have some success in the trenches, and this is going to be a great test because Buffalo is very good, especially in the trenches. So even their second and third team guys are going to be are going to be tough. So um, I want to see that. The, the Broncos only gave up, I think, the one sack on the, the game, which um, mm -hmm. is pretty impressive, really. I mean, you think about where they came from, and you have second and third teamers in there. Pass pro was not a problem uh, in that preseason game. So I want to see them continue to build on that, keeping the quarterbacks clean. Um, on, the, on the defensive side, I mean, it just, it's just going to be kind of one of those things like, okay, can you be what you've been? Can you lock down the red zone? Can you, I mean, they were pitching a dang near shutout against the Cowboys. Cowboys, you know, with 17 penalties, did some of that themselves. But uh, the, the defense, that, that's a source of pride. They want to be really good. They want to be, again, what the identity of this team is. And if you're going to do that, then it, it, it includes preseason. I think you got to be sort of set that standard throughout the locker room on whoever's going to be here. This is our standard. Last one for you. Uh, Russell Wilson. This is my lines here, not Bet Rivers. Russell Wilson to take a snap in the preseason. I'm going to set at plus 130. I'm going to set him to not take a snap at minus 160. Heavily favored to not take a snap in the preseason. Are you taking the minus 160 that he sits or the plus 130 that he takes one snap? I'll take the plus. Least. I'll take the plus 130. I think the third preseason Ooh. game in front of the home crowd, I, I think they're going to try to get him out there for a series. I think that Nathaniel Hackett would like to see – him out there with the receivers, with the running backs, with the first-team offensive line in front of the home fans. They got two preseason home preseason games, so I, I wouldn't expect it against Buffalo. We'll see. This is you know things changed. That heck, uh, up until I'd say Friday last week, we didn't really know if Nathaniel Hackett was going to put them out there or not. We had a, a leaning, but we didn't really know. Um, and then this coming up uh, this this week, we'll see what Nathaniel Hackett says. He could say, "No, actually, I want to put him out there for a series." But I'd say by the third preseason game, for sure, we're going to see at least one series. Oof. What do you think about that? Good idea? Risky? Well, I mean, you know, you, you could debate that bat round of four. I mean, the thing that I that I, I keep coming back to is 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 not only the chemistry that he's that Russell Wilson's building with the receivers and the offense that he needs to be out there on the field for, and that you'd like to not use too many of those early games, even though it's a soft schedule to start. You'd not like to not use too many of those games to, to do that. Um, I, I think the communication with Nathaniel Hackett, I think they want to kind of get on the same page, work out some of the kinks, um, the communication between those two guys. Uh, again, Russell's kind of like that coach on the field, right? I mean, not to use overuse the cliche, but he's a bit of that coach in the field, and there's got to be a little bit of that give and take uh, between the two of them on what they're seeing. So I, I think that's going to be important to both of them. But, again, you know, you go either way. I mean, we saw Patrick Mahomes play this last week. Um, I, you know, plenty, plenty of teams chose to play their starting quarterbacks. I don't think it's impossible. But, again, you know, you see Jonas Griffith go down in the second snap and – I don't know. Maybe maybe you think twice about those kinds of things. I don't like it. I don't like it, I, especially not a preseason game. Listen, guys can get hurt any time. That's yeah. fine. I just he, – the, I, I, the one point is, you're right, they need to work on this. They need game situations, but the more you hear from these coaches, the joint practices help more than the actual preseason games. Yeah, and, you know, Sean McVay, right? I mean, he's, he's been pretty good for a little while. Doesn't play any starters, and, and they do just fine. So, again, it, it, there's a lot of different ways to approach this. We are we're, we're flying a little bit blind because we don't know Nathaniel Hackett's style completely just yet. I mean, even the first day of practice when Ben and I were out there doing stuff for KOA, we're like, oh well, you know, historically they do this this 
you know, practice this part, and it's like, wow, they didn't do any seven-on-seven. Seven. Uh, wow, they didn't do any individual stuff. Wow, I mean, okay, I guess we're skipping through all that. And so we just don't know. Nathaniel Hackett might say it's important that Russell gets out there, and he could also be more like Sean McVay, some of the new school mindset um, of these offensive guys that say, don't need to see it, we're good to go. All right, my friend, plug the show. You and Ben doing a great job there on Broncos Country tonight. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, Broncos Country tonight, weeknights on KOA from 6 to 9 p.m. But you can always check out the podcast, which is, seems to be what a lot of people do because they're usually home with their families at that time. So uh, find the podcast wherever you get your podcast. The iHeartRadio app is a great, great place to start, but uh, really subscribe wherever you get it. Yep, it's in the queue for me. So we'll be checking that out, and then uh, we'll check it out tomorrow and the next day. So thank you, Ryan. The show is over. Thank you to Stephen Jung, our producer, for putting this together. Wednesday, big show. My friend Lisa Ann, if you don't know who she is, look her up. She, we're going to talk some football together. We're friends, and uh, she's got some thoughts on the NFL. We'll catch you Wednesday on the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers.